What would you say you do here? You shut your mouth when you're talking to me. There are no more shenanigans, no more tomfoolery, no more ballyhoo. This episode of Cartoon Casual is sponsored by Sour Door Wine Bar. As are all of our episodes. Downtown Kingman, Arizona. Also known as Crystal's Damn Wine Bar. It is C-D-W-B. Uh, God, that's right, right? You had to think about that one, right? I did. Yeah. I did really. Crystal's Damn Wine Bar. Right. And by the way. And uh, the namesake, Crystal. Yes. She's turning mm-mm, on Friday. Yes. This Friday. Is this, the, That's the actually her birthday March is Friday? March 25th, I that's, believe so. Okay. Yeah. And because of that, go ahead. And because of that occasion, it's the return of Soundhole. And Jeremy Foss is her husband. Yes, and Crystal and Jeremy own the wine bar. Yes. And so he's decided he's going to entertain his wife at their place. What, what a cheapskate. I mean, you know what I'm saying? He just, <laughs> he's just, hey, honey, how about this? Oh, man, I'm not touching that one. You're getting into so much trouble know, for that. I'm kidding. But also, and Soundhole is Jeremy Foss and Curtis Larson, right. which have both been on a guest on this show. Yes. And they are phenomenal. And I've, from what I understand, they have a whole new repertoire of new music, so it should be amazing. And I'm trying not to sound like morning drive time DJ, but it just comes out when I talk about Soundhole. Do you know what some of this music is going to be? You know what some of it's going to be also at? Because it's going to be, it's those two and Julia are going to yes. be singing at the uh, the National uh, Inaugural Road Trip Day on May 27th. Yes. So they've been practicing some, I said, go for uh, traveling music, to anything that could be uh, whatever. Gonna kind of be a secret, King of the Road. Right, that, better than that, obviously. Oh, come on. That's a great song. But Johnny Cash, I've Been Everywhere. That's pretty funny. I've Been Everywhere. Man. That's a good one. They're actually doing that one. Are they? I don't know if they're doing it this Friday, but they're going to be doing that cool. one. I said, I said, be creative. Think of like acid trips, too, because that's like a trip. You're going on a, you know, how about White Rabbit? <laughs> <We're> oh. Talk- <laughs> I want to hear Julia sing that. I think that would be great. That would be, that would be so fantastic. I also would like to hear... Uh, Julia try and sing trailers for sale. Like I could, I could hear her doing. Oh, that. that would be a perfect. I need to bring that one up. I can't forget about to yeah. tell Jeremy that one. But they they've been practicing already because they said, "What hot songs do you want to hear?" This is a, a few weeks ago, so they've been actually getting together, trying to get because they it may be a big event. We're talking it's some, May twenty seventh, May twenty Friday, May twenty seventh, downtown Kingman, Arizona. We are have arranged for and have the contract in hand already, and I believe it's kind of a done deal. Uh, to have the space that used to be the, um, I don't know what was there, but it's adjacent to the Beale Hotel, Hotel downtown Beale, on 4th. Yeah. It's going to be all closed off down there. For those of you that are locals in Kingman yeah. or have been through downtown Kingman, it's uh, 4th uh, It's fourth and Andy, uh, Divine. Andy Divine, and it's the, the vacant lot that's across. It's like a asphalt, like essentially a parking lot that's been roped off for years. Yes. And it's across the street from and El It's a Palacio. nice big space, yeah. and we're going to set up the, the bank. We already contracted with the the, uh, the sound person to put the stage up against the wall with lights and that kind of, all that's in place. It's going to be so much fun. You're that's welcome. It's going to be cool as hell. Blackbridge Beer is <laughs> going to be there. I believe Rickety Cricket Beer is going to be there. Yeah. Sportsman's Sports, is going to be serving. Stuff. Yeah, they're going to be serving. We're going to not have any other really vendors that we talked about vendoring it up. And then a couple meetings, I kind of st- I said, well, how about this? How about we not? I don't, this is me personally. Everybody can just get mad at me if they want right now. I don't want to have a bunch of just doodads for sale in plastic pieces. And make it just, look like a swap meet with music. Yes. Yeah, that's, I don't, I don't I, want those that. Those are always, a, it, it really kind of is annoying. So we're kind of cleaning it up a little bit, and we're going to have the- uh, Clean the up this town. Statue, yeah, with, uh, with uh, the Jim Hinckley self-guided tours uh, thing. That's part of the whole idea is to release that together. But anyway, Soundhole plus Julia. Julia plus Soundhole. 
will be playing in the May 27th. Julia and the Sound Hole. <laughs> I'm this, sure Julia is going to love that. They're Julia, <laughs> we are Julia and my Sound Hole. <laughs> this is my backing band, my Sound Hole. We're going to promote that a little bit later, but again, for this fr- <laughs> this and Friday is it. Sound Hole at the Cellar Door. March 25th, Downtown Kingman, yeah. and then Saturday is uh, Casey Frank returns on Saturday. Yes. This Saturday. Um, and we're going to have Casey Frank on the show because he is interesting and incredibly talented, and he said yes. And he also- Which yeah. is why I date people. No, no, no. And he no, teaches no. They music. They said yes. He's a music- he's a Yes, he's teacher. a music teacher. Yeah. Right. So- Like, depending on how things go, I may hit him up for some sort of lessons for something. Yeah. Could, just because he seems like the type of guy I should learn from. It was interesting. I think he is really, truly, it's not just a job to him. I mean, he loves music. He, he, does, he plays it. He teaches it. He performs it live. This is his kind of his life. And that's what we want to uh, talk to him about. Yeah. He's very talented. So there you go. That's it. Enough well, of you cellar door wine people. No way. It's March 25th. It is. Do it. And then tw- March 25th is uh, Crystal's birthday. And then... Uh, is it a big one? No. Oh, it's not like a, a whole... She's not, she's not pushing 50. Okay, she's... Oh, remember when she said that to Jeremy? Ooh. Yeah, and then he went, oh, yeah? Oh, yeah? Somebody else is pushing... Mm-mm. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, like I'll defend my friends against their spouse if I genuinely feel like I f- they're being attacked. And I, f- I told Crystal that I'm like I feel like you're attacking him a little bit. Right. Whoops. Right. And then I was making fun of her for uh, what is it uh, the double standard? Like men oh, and yeah. women. Like the 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 only saving grace to being a man and 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 you know dying typically you know on average dying earlier mm-hmm. than women and suffer from. You know, way more heart disease and more cancer, and that just like categorically, like the one part of that double standard that's good mm-hmm. is that we quote unquote age gracefully. And I'm like, I and it's such a yeah. dumb standard. Yeah, God, some people though, if you look at, uh, and it's usually okay. First of all, you know, if you're uh, if you're if you're really kind of washed up and and get into your later years and you're still like abusing stuff. That really ages you badly, obviously. Why are you talking about me like that? What? I'm getting up in years. Oh, yeah, but you don't really abuse. I mean, you know what I'm saying. If you've got to get a... Yes, d- I know. you got to get rid like, of it. So that, I, I that, can that, tell that'll that I, do it. In my face, since I've quit smoking cigarettes, I can yeah. tell you that I, I feel like I look younger. look like a 12-year-old. I don't know if I look that young. Have you been approached by the Catholic Church yet to work with them? I have not. I also haven't been approached by the Boy Scouts of America, that, which mm-hmm. still pisses me off since I was 12 years old. Right, Scoutmaster. But now it's the girls are there too now, right? They invite every all all, all skate. I think it's a boys' all Scouts. skate. I think it's what it is, isn't it? <laughs> well, you <laughs> took me back to my youth for that one. All skate, isn't you know, it true? Uh, I think the yeah, boy no, Scouts yeah, are inviting just, the girls. It's just called the Scouts now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's weird. I think maybe part of that reason though is not because we're trying to be equal and all that kind of nonsense. That because we're not really equal necessarily, we're just different. Is that the the the, the attendance or what you want to call it is down? So they're trying to keep it alive. Well, once the once they said we're not, um, once the BSA said we're going to let gays, you know, out gays, uh, be scoutmasters. Oh, people said I'm not going to do that. Not people. The Mormons. The Mormons were like, yeah, we're oh. not doing this anymore. And the and they were like, you know, seventy percent of the. You know, because it's not cool to be in Boy Scouts. So it wasn't what you're cool. Saying is the it, Mormons don't have any gays at all. That's what you're saying. Yeah, that no, no, they're just really good at sweeping them under the rug or okay. re, or trying to reprogram. Kind of like them. the Russians. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, um, yeah. Th- so once that happens, and I have Mormon friends, by the way, and I like them. 
I you know I have some Mormon friends too, I but I also know of some r- really terrible Mormons. Right. And <clears throat> but also it's not in line with their with their religion, and that's fine. So they pulled out of the Boy Scouts of America, and then they just called it Scouts. And so, um, yeah. Which, that hit them hard, so they have to be inclusive, otherwise they're not going to. Which so, is crazy, because the mirror opposite has been true with the Girl Scouts. Girl Scouts is such a progressive, uh, intelligent organization, and has been since its inception. Mm-hmm. Like, if a boy wanted to show up, I and mean, we can go back to the 60s, 70s, if a boy wanted to show up and just be like, I want to be a Girl Scout, they're like, alright, cool, that's mm-hmm. fine. You couldn't do that. As a like, it's too much of a boys' club. Mm-hmm. I know because I was in it, you know, and it wasn't very. They weren't all that tolerant back in the '90s, you know, 25 years ago when I was in the Boy Scouts. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was not so much they were intolerant; it wasn't racially intolerant. It had to do with organized religion, because it was, you know, it was built into the, you know, Scout, uh, well, the Scout Law, which is like the, the it's like a twelve, it's twelve, a twelve, like, like twelve steps. Uh, well, kind of, yeah, it's a uh, like twelve disciples. Let's see if I can still remember these. Uh, Twelve eggs in a carton. Twelve, yes. (laughs) Twelve angry jurors. Baker's dozen. That'd be thirteen. That's that's thirteen. A scout is uh, trustworthy, loyal, helpful, friendly, courteous, kind, obedient, cheerful, thrifty, brave, clean, and reverent. And a sweet ass. Fucking and a sweet ass. You can bounce a quarter off of it. You know the only thing nicer than a no. No, 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 no. I can't believe I just said. I can't believe you said that. I'm making myself laugh in a sick way. Like, wow, the scouts and a sweet ass. I just, I just rattled off the twelve points of the scout law for the first time in twenty fucking years, and you're like, ooh, the sweet ass. (laughs) (laughs) You're like Don Imus sometimes. Yeah, exactly. Those nappy-headed little Boy Scouts. Oh yeah. Um. So, so the what you're saying though is that the Mormons, a lot of Boy Scouts were Mormons. Yes. Yes. Because it kind of could just discipline. It's the, learning stuff. The, it's the majority right of Mormon boys that grow up are in the Boy Scouts. Okay. It's just a it's just a thing. They but just not do anymore. Uh, no, they are. Oh. It's just the Mormons have their own organization. That's the same thing. They just pulled out of the BSA, oh. which is like the official Boy Scouts. Oh, yeah. Gotcha. And when they you know and 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 the, and the BSA like they were right to do what they did. First off, because of lawsuits. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, you know, but the thing is, is like. They weren't allowing gays in there anyway, and you still had scoutmasters and troop leaders and whatnot that were just uh, flamboyantly gay. Well, no, no, they were they were molesting kids. Oh, and then you all of a sudden think that somebody who's gay is gonna—they're more likely to do it. No, it's repressed fucking straight dudes. That's the problem, right? Just like priests, right? So anyway, it's kind of there was a was a joke. We I'm gonna mention this before is about if you've got a comedian was talking about that his son's in the scouts and he hates going, you know, volunteering because they have these, you know, we're going to go camping this weekend or whatever. And he goes, and he never, he goes, I, I don't want to do that. I don't want to help because I want to watch football on set, whatever it is. Right. He, was, he, he said, fuck that. I'm not going to do it. I never raised my hand. He goes, he goes, that's, that's how you know. He goes, that's how you know you, the people you don't really want, those that are really too enthusiastic to volunteer for the overnight and long weekend camp is, is, the, is the male scout leaders raising their hands a little too quickly. About volunteering, which is ha ha funny, I know, it's funny, but it's really just kind of not the case. I know, but it's it's a funny joke. Yeah, I know. Ooh ooh, ooh pick me, pick me. <laughs> I was like, I want to go. Let's go hang out with a bunch of boys over the weekend. Yeah, <laughs> we'll all use the same bathroom. Yeah, maybe we'll all sleep in the same one giant tent. No, that's not how. No it works. cameras around. That's not. That's not yeah. how it works. Okay. The I had three different scoutmasters over the years that I was in Boy Scouts, and all three of them were. You could now that I look back, they were damaged individuals that 
were probably didn't have a lot of guidance when they were young, and they mm-hmm. wanted to provide that to somebody else because they learned shit the hard way, and they didn't want you to go through it the the hard way. And sure. that's what I got from them, which is, I I I used to get made fun of, fucking just teased mercilessly for being a Boy Scouts. Were your brothers Boy Scouts? No. Did you? How did that happen? How did you decide to be a? Um, I went into Cub Scouts because I needed. Uh, I needed an outlet. I needed to be around people my own age because I lived on a farm. Okay. And the nearest kid who was close to my age was a girl, and she lived like a mile down the road. And when I say she was a girl, I don't mean to be sexist. I mean right. that uh, 9, 10, 11-year-old boys don't want to hang out with girls typically. No, they don't. And she was the nearest one. And she was like, uh, I think she was right out about a mile away. Okay. Her name was Kendra. Mm-hmm. I'll never forget that. And she had a pool. You'd think I would have been better friends with her, but my, it was just too far away for me to like ride my bike on a, a barely two-lane country road. Okay. So I didn't... I, so was it my, suggested? My, my, my stepdad was the, and my dad both, because they were both in the same troop Oh. in Troy, Ohio, Troop 82, mm-hmm. which I think still exists. It's a, attached to Troy Methodist Church. Shout out to Troop 82, Troy, Shout Ohio. Shout out to Troop 82. Boy Scout... That's Not right. Boy Scouts, Scouts now. Scouts, yeah, right. fuck them. They were boy, they're still called Boy Scouts to okay. me. Okay, so uh, uh, Troop eighty two was started. It was founded by my grandfather and a few of his friends for their kids because okay. they're founded by your a, grandfather. Yes, Troop eighty two, absolutely. Which I guess you can do that. Like if you're in an area that um, is n- not represented, it doesn't have any Boy Scouts. Yeah. And there's some people you can say, I want to start a troop here. Yeah, absolutely. And they'll go yeah. great. Fill out this form, sir, and we'll yeah. uh, talk to you about that. Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah, so it, it was a. It, maybe it, I'll start one. It was a. Tr- <laughs> it it wouldn't be bad. It would be a lot like well, they what, have what you here. do the young eagles. I when, like, I would suggest doing something aviation oriented. Oh, okay. kind of like more often than what the young eagles does. You know, the once or twice a year or whatever. Right. Um. Uh. Yeah. The so Troop eighty two got started, and because of because of that, but we didn't live anywhere near Troy. We were like twenty fifteen miles away, maybe something mm-hmm. like that, mm-hmm. which would have been back there is too far for once a week meeting on Monday nights and you know whatnot so but Cub Scouts there was a Cub Scout troop in the little the village that was like where my school was and how old were you when you joined the Cub Scouts and how old how young can you be nine uh six six is the bottom number yeah Tiger Cubs they're like five six okay and then you're a Cub Scout Uh, well you're a Cub Scout and they have Tiger Cubs they have Wolf Cubs and Bobcat fuck I'm trying to remember Bobcat Cubs yeah and then you get up to you get a little bit older. Well, those are like ranks, but you have like tiger cubs are like the the, the youngest one. I was never a tiger cub because okay. I was I was too old. too old. Okay. Um, What's the senior weeblos? Okay, but how old are you at that point? Eleven. And then you're a twelve. You're and you then do, a you boy do scout. what's called a crossing over ceremony, okay. which we did ours at a friend of my mom's house uh, out in the country, and they actually had a small like babbling brook running through their property. Say with candles and, and paddles a, and stuff, and you get to. Smack each other on the no. It's no, not it's it. not a fraternity like you <laughs> tried to pledge. No, <laughs> I did I, not try. You, to yeah, you fucking no. Went. I didn't. You went during Greek Week or some. Oh, I would get drunk during Greek Week at all the fraternities and all that kind of. But stuff. you never, you never pledged. Okay. And, and I never was really asked, and it was obvious I wasn't really there to do because I, I already decided I really didn't want to. Th- that wasn't really. You, I wasn't your getting scene. dressed up or trying to talk to the right people, and I said I'm not doing this. Right. But I'll drink their booze. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so. Uh, yeah, I, so you do a crossing over ceremony, and then you go from that to that to that, like arrow of light and all that shit. Jesus, it's all coming back, man. Wow. Uh, you have a lot of information I, you're slinging at me. I, and it, we, there's a whole ceremony because once you're done with Weeblos and you age out of that, then you go into Boy Scouts. Okay. 
and there's service projects that you do to, to, to kind of prepare you to that. And it's almost kind of like, quote, unquote, becoming a man or a young man from a kid to a young man. It's like the whole reason for the whole crossing and, and, over. And is there like a certain level, like the upper level with a certain amount of pins or awards or something you can be? What's like the Grandmaster? Eagle Scout. Eagle Scout. Eagle Scout. Okay. And I That's can like tell you. you checked all the boxes all the way through kind of thing. We've talked about regret on this show before. And I can tell you going back, I don't have very many regrets because I learned a long, long time ago that it's just like carrying around a ton of bricks. Mm-hmm. But I have a couple bricks that I carry around with me. Mm-hmm. You know, a couple of them are very private that I wouldn't talk about on this mm-hmm. uh, podcast. But one of them is not getting my Eagle Scout because I made it to life. Oh. So you, you go, uh, what is it? Tenderfoot, second class, first class, star, and then life. Those are your ranks from from okay. lowest rank to highest rank. Okay, uh, to, and then to life, then eagle. And eagle scout is a big deal because oh, you there's have, one more life. There's, and then there's, there's eagle life, is the next life, one. and then eagle is the top. So is it because of something you did, or I, if you uh, want to talk about that, part fine. of it was me moving out here. Okay, and then I'm moving away from the troop that I've been part of for five years at that. So point. is it possible to? I'm not saying you would want to do it because it's a pain in the ass. Yeah, is it possible be, to move and then. Go from where you were to Eagle Scout really quickly into the new place you uh, arrived. It, you'd have to plan because what it is to get your Eagle Scout, you have to have a specific a, a, a group of merit badges. You okay. have to right. There's sure. there's just certain ones that you make have you, to check these boxes. You have to check off those boxes. Yeah. You have to. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got all of those. Okay. Um, and then you have to do a. Uh, it's kind of like a master's thesis, but you have to come up with a service project. Okay. Uh, for example, um, for the community, some yes, kind for of the community, uh, okay. something, to, something to serve the community to, uh, or some sort of higher purpose, something that is completely, something that you could conceivably see yourself never using, but other people will, if that makes sense. I got you. So, so I had that, there was yeah. one guy that I went. So it's to not self serving. That's the whole point of it. So it's not self serving. It's community service. It's really helping. It's something that you really are not gonna. They call it pure service. Gotcha. So, uh, for example. Uh, uh, 911 service had just barely come to the small little tiny like village called Pleasant Hill that I that I that's where I went to school mm-hmm. when I lived out in the country when we lived out on the farm. So 911 service had just come there about 90 1990 91 something like that mm-hmm. and one of the so most cub scout troops are attached to a boy scout troop or a cub scout pack I should say are okay. attached to a boy scout troop. So when you do your you go through all the ranks and you age out and you get to the wee blows you're crossing over and you go into boy scouts the one that's there the, that's the, the one, one you go into and usually sure. like there's there's like there used to be there's pack 82 okay. which is cub scouts then do eventually get old enough and you're in troop 82 okay so um I'm trying to remember I can't remember the name of that pack that I was a part of anyway uh one of the older boys he was like 16 he came up with the idea of going around to each address in that town and there's not that many there's maybe 200 homes there not very many people live okay. there um he went around to the houses and asked permission hey can i spray paint the numbers on your curb mm-hmm. so that the ambulance knows where to show up because we have 911 in our area that's and, a good idea and he did it and he did it to every single home wow. that was his service project wow that's a huge thing and you raise money and you get people to donate like i don't think he paid for any of his paint. Uh, stencils or paint, paint or, yeah. or, or you know a car to drive around and do it. And mm-hmm. It's all volunteer stuff. And like I volunteered. Like, like you could probably get a, a person that would help. Hey, could you drive me around on Saturday from 1 to 3 yeah. so I can do painting? And some, some of those projects take months and months and months depending on the logistics and things like that. Right. Uh, one of the most recent ones I remember in memory was a, there's a park. Do you know where the community, here in Kingman, do you know where the community um, garden mm-hmm. is? Yes, off no, the wall okay, Hold road. on just a second before we go on there. Uh, they, so you would you come up with your idea, then you present it to the troop leaders, I guess, troop, and they, they kind of say that that's good enough. That's a good one, and then they know? present it to the council. 
because oh, okay. you have local councils. Uh, uh, like here, if I remember correctly, it's the Hoover Dam Council. So like the Kingman, Kingman, the Bullhead, Havasu, if there's troops down there. I don't even know. I honestly don't even know anymore. Okay. Uh, they would be attached to the Hoover Dam Council. Which and they would review part of your Vegas. project. and then They, they would, would review your project and say, this is a good idea. Go forward. Or mm-hmm. we have some pointers. You should do it like this and this and this. The most recent one in, in memory that I heard about was uh, a boy that did uh, uh, his Eagle project was uh, like a it was pouring concrete, a concrete pad and then building like a, a, a gazebo kind of shelter at that uh, at that park with multiple benches and things like that. And there just was no money in the city budget for it. Mm-hmm. You know, this is you know, three or four years ago. Mm-hmm. And they like he came up with the money. He came up with the people that had the expertise. They donated their time and. Uh, so I don't even it might not have been money it could have just been time and materials which is what happens for a lot of those guys but that's part of it mm-hmm. is going to your community leaders and going hey I'm trying to do this would you mind donating some time or some materials or some money mm-hmm. and and that's part of it is like the legwork okay. it's it teaches social skills it teaches networking it teaches da, 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 which is why honestly if you're if you if you have let's say you have five applicants mm-hmm. for a job mm-hmm. right as an adult you have five applicants and all five are equal. You know, call it magna cum laude from their college. They have this. They have all every, all the expertise, all, all, the, all the, the experience, all the same. But one of them's a boys. Uh, one of them uh, is an Eagle Scout. Mm-hmm. They're going to get the job. Okay. There's makes, there. I can see. How there's can, no can, question about it because yeah. it's it's kind of like how some some uh, like or a lot of positions require a bachelor's degree, but it doesn't spe- specify. Well, it shows that they stuck with it for that many years. Exactly, did a project and saw that through. And they know that and, you. It's very rare to have an Eagle Scout who's under the age of sixteen because you don't get to Boy Scouts until you're like twelve. Right. So the maturity level just isn't there. So you have so many fucking merit badges and, and service projects. And do this you, and that do you have to, to be to a do you have to be a Cub Scout in order to be a Boy Scout, or can no. you start? No. Can you can you achieve uh, uh, Boy Scout Nirvana Eagle Scout? <laughs> by, <laughs> by, I like that you called it Nirvana, but if, yeah. If you don't, if you are not a Cub Scout, can you start out just a Boy Scout? Yes. Can you start out two years into the younger? You know, how you can could you conceivably join a Boy Scout troop at say? 17 holy shit and become an eagle scout potentially because you have until you're 19 if i remember correctly to check all the boxes yes you'd be busy motherfucker you would be very busy because we're talking 25 plus merit badges to get and even then you would struggle because a lot of folks like for me the only time i ever got merit badges was at klondike derby Mm -hmm. which is kind of like a camp in the winter time where you do all sorts of like winter related activities and things spooning. like that. Do you get a spooning badge? No. No. <laughs> I don't think so. I mean maybe now <laughs> with the more progressive scouts. <laughs> I'm not making fun of the boy scouts no. at all. I'm not because I also know that a lot of fucking astronauts were eagle scouts. Neil Armstrong is one of the most famous ones. Yeah, there you go. There's lots and lots of famous and and they're high always high achievers. Always. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's I, why it's like like our friend our mutual friend Colin. You mm-hmm. met Colin, mm-hmm. right? From Minnesota, that mm-hmm. guy like he's in town. He I had seen him at the bar and talked to him a few times. And I was like, I don't know if I, I don't know about this guy. He seems pretty cool, but I keep people at you know at arm's length. I don't immediately embrace people until he told me. Uh, I mentioned something about uh, actually our mutual friend Scott Kern was mm-hmm. in, and he's an Eagle Scout, and oh, I okay, and I was good. like, uh, I think yes, and I was like, uh, hey Scotty, it's going da, 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 like, and he he made some sort of offhand comment, and I called him out on because so, there's something there's like a. It's not a secret organization, but it's kind of like a high performer organization within the Boy Scouts uh, called Order of the Arrow. 
and you oh, have, have it, like, like skull and bones kind of kind of <laughs> skull and bones is that right? yeah like skull and bones okay. no it really okay. is because right. it's like an internal sure organization inside of that which is it's totally acceptable but mm-hmm. what and and what you know what it is is like you have um uh, for us, it, for my troop that I was a part of, we did a ta- what they call a tapping out ceremony where you uh, stood in a line at attention in full uniform at camp. And it was usually, like, if I remember correctly, I think it was, we did it on family night, which was like the Wednesday of camp that was like Sunday through Saturday. Mm-hmm. And uh, we stand in a line at attention. Anybody who's eligible, you had to be up of a certain rank. You had you have to be, you know, shown leadership and this and that and the other. And you stood there and you waited to get tapped out. And when okay. you, if you were tapped out by, uh, it wasn't even by your scoutmaster. It was by the senior, the senior member of Order of the Arrow within your within your troop. Okay. So they would they would go up to you, and they would just take take their hands like with the boy. And it's very skull and bones kind of thing. Gotcha. And like, you know the scout salute, right? Yeah. Or like we need the three, three. the three, right? Yeah. They would put their hand out like that vertically and tap you on the side of the shoulder like they would like a sword. And then you step forward at attention and then do a quarter about face and then you walk off with them. And then the next 24 hours or so, give or take, mm-hmm. you are silent and you do heavy service projects. Silent? Silent. Yeah. You do the projects while you're silent? Yes. Okay. You take full commands. You do everything that you're told to do. It's not an initiation. Without even acknowledging, you just kind of do it. You just do it. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. And it's and it's a high honor because it's not like like uh I would venture a guess it's to say most boy scout or most uh most eagle scouts were in order of the arrow but it's not a given. Okay. You know what I mean? So Okay. That was and so when I made an an OA order of the arrow I made an OA reference to Scott cuz he said something real pithy I'm like I don't feel like that's uh in the principles of OA is it Scott? And he's like Oh. Ooh. And he goes you any he any this is this is how weird that shit kind of not weird but like it's weird if you're outside of it and this is how it's and and we've been out of scouts for 20 me it's been 24 years right 23 years uh and about probably close to the same for Scott similar yeah uh, and he reached out his left hand and I shook it and 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 that's and then he nodded once and that's the acknowledgement that he screwed up I called him out on it we don't need to discuss it further oh good I like that and idea. he reached with the left hand because that's the Boy Scout handshake and it's close to the heart okay so. I did that. Interesting. I did that in front of Colin, mm-hmm. and Colin put his left hand out, and I shook it, and, and he's like, "Are you OA?" And he's like, "I am." And that's when he told me he was an Eagle Scout, and I was like, "That's all I needed." I don't. I didn't need to know anything else about him. Mm-hmm. I already knew that he was a higher caliber person. I didn't. I don't need it, and that's why it makes. Now that I'm 40, and I've hired and fired people, and I've worked for companies, and this and that and the other, I know why Eagle Scouts are hired over other people that are equally qualified. And sure. that's because it shows just a little bit better. So I can also see how that would be, um, uh, like I consider, like if someone calls you out, I mean, the the person getting called out obviously, obviously also has to be a big enough person to keep their ego in check and then realize, you know, that they're right. It's a humility thing. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. That's yeah. And you, you were taught that in OA. And there's still like OA meetings and, and only uh, OA only camperies and things like that where you're not invited. The rest of the troop is not invited. It's right. only for OA. So which, you have to keep your ego in check. Like I said, you yeah. say it's a humility thing. It's like that one statement from that one podcast I mentioned last week was the guy said that his, his curiosity is bigger than his ego. Oh, God, that's so smart. You know, because it's like, and that, that's a perfect, if that's true, oh, that's what people should be, right? Yeah. So you don't fucking just argue and keep your 
all your shit that you want and that this is what I believe and screw you. Yeah. No, your your wonderment and curiosity should be bigger than absolutely way bigger than your ego, which is so rare. Which is that's another thing that uh, Boy Scouts taught me was uh, was keeping keeping your ego in check because there's always going to be somebody who's stronger and faster and things like that mm-hmm. to not have that beat on your chest bravado. Mm-hmm. Um, but also learning how to defend yourself because I learned. I mean, I learned a little bit of hand to hand combat. I learned some Aikido moves to disarm. Right and and uh, to either disarm or just to protect myself using another person's body weight things like that like just things that that is a small fear I, it's not a very big fear but I mean so many people now know how to do because of I think because of MMA and other things like that of course there's a, there's a lot of people that and a lot of assholes will go out there and do stuff just because they can do it yeah but the thing is is <clears throat> I feel like those assholes that are the, no not, those assholes are not the lethal ones they're the ones that know enough. Yeah, they, but I, they know it. They, they they're not the guys that dedicated their lives to it. I'm not saying there's some. There aren't. But there some, are people but, now in certain areas of the country, and not even just certain areas. I mean, it's just everywhere, right? Where they'll, you know, to be initiated for a group or a gang or something like that. Like I could be just walking down the street in at night, and someone could come up behind me with I couldn't even hear them. They could just whack the fuck out of me. Of course, yeah. And get knocked the fuck out, and I could hit my head and die, or have a serious injury because that person, you know, that I, that, that was not common. A handful of decades ago, people just didn't do that shit. I don't think yeah. to the same frequency they're doing now. I'm not saying it was. I mean, maybe better. you might get lucky and it'll knock some of those screws that are loose and make them knock them tight, right? Or just knock them out. Knock get thing, those, get the just knock just get the get loose screws. Just get rid of them. But anyway, like, so, like so that's but you're saying like you know how to defend yourself and I can I, I well, had that, but also using learning to use your words and your thoughts before uh, your fists. Right. That's something that I I I was taught at home, but I was really that was a Boy that Scout was, thing. Also, it was very much emphasized in Boy Scouts, but okay. it was also standing up for people that cannot stand up for themselves that's always important. that is and that is something that was very heavily taught in my troop i don't know about other troops it was very heavily taught but we also learned how i learned how to like I, I already knew how to fire a gun but like we were shooting shotguns and rifles at right. boy scout camp archery <clears throat> how to walk through the woods without being detected excuse me like just yeah. and, and hunting and things like that but also like i did um i taught advanced wilderness survival i took the merit batch uh, wilderness survival the the first year mm-hmm. uh i was in at camp and that was so much fun because i learned you know like yeah you learn everybody anybody can learn to do a one match fire but a no match fire that's fucking right. i to me like that someday some woman will see me light a fire like that and go that guy that's my caveman i i, had a, I know uh, how to do that i had uh, wilderness skills in at auburn that was one of the Required PE thing, but that that counted wilderness skills. That's that cool. Was, that was kind of cool. It's neat. And do you know, like, do you know how to build uh, multiple kinds of shelters out in different uh, environments? I could probably fumble through it right now. Yeah. But one of the things too was kind of cool that no one really, a lot of people didn't want to do is you. They issued you a live chicken. You know, when you went out there and you get to go. You, the way they taught us was to stomp on its head and pull its and y- yank its head off. Oh wow! That that's what you had to do. That. Do you know how I was taught? And I was—I uh, have no idea. You, you, you grab, grab it by you, the neck. You grab it by the head with the beak. Oh, the head, yeah. Grab it by the head with the beak facing like down through your hand, right? Mm-hmm. So your the your thumb and your index finger are around its neck, and the beak is facing kind of down. Mm-hmm. You grab that and snap, and then just twist real hard, like you're yeah. like you're. Does like, the head come off or just breaks? No, it just breaks. Okay, and it immediately snaps. Which is, I thought that's what it was going to be also. But it was funny because it was run by ROTC and some other local military people. They would go up. We went to northern Alabama from Auburn. And that, that's there was a big camping area, and we do, do do some rappelling and all this stuff. Yeah. And and they issue you a chicken, and you get to camp out and and all the you know, other things that you would do. I, and they I would find teach it you. interesting that you did that in your twenties. 
Oh yeah, well that was no. That and was, I, I did it at fifteen, and I think that's. No, no, no. I, I feel so great that the I was able to do it. Because I wasn't going to take fucking basketball or try. You know, that was on the list. I could. Oh, I want to do that. That's way more interesting, right? To me, that's way more interesting as an as an option. So Fuck um, yeah. And uh, the so the, yeah, this dude came out and like they they just right away we're all gathered around and this army dude comes up and they grab a chicken. All right, so private show. What are you going to do? And he just he just without even saying anything just lays the chicken down and. Puts its heel on its head and lifts up, and the chicken's, chicken's running around without its head and spewing blood everywhere. You know, that's how we're all going to do our chickens, and each group gets a chicken. Fuck. <laughs> Holy shit. That's uh, fucking yeah. brutal, but it's good to know that. And I mean, we uh, like boil, boiled it. What we ended up doing was mm, boiling. Yeah, nothing like you, boiled chicken. Mm, yeah, it was mm. tasty. Anyway, I, anyway, so, but what you learned earlier on was a, a lot more, a whole lot more uh, better, and I think I was... I think I was I was a Cub Scout for about five minutes. I don't know why I didn't keep doing it. I'm I, surprised because I, I, I know how you kind of like structure, but I also know you like to uh, create the structure. Yeah. So like working within someone else's structure is I, sometimes hard for, I think for some folks. I think when my parents split up, I think that I can't remember just vaguely. My sister probably would remember this. I can't remember if my mother or my father said you should probably do this, you know, get into an organization. and just didn't. It didn't work. I think I just stopped going to the meetings or something. Because I was doing my own, I was doing my own thing. I was building yeah. stuff and doing that kind of the same thing I'm doing now, right. but less space. So you didn't get a chance to do the Pinewood Derby? No, but I helped, dude. I have helped other people throughout the years with their Pinewood I, Derby cars. I love because they knew Pinewood I could Derby. build shit. Yeah, it was one of my favorite things to do, and I won a couple times, a couple mm-hmm. years, a couple years in a row. Because it was always that was always like a winter project. Mm-hmm. You know, like the majority of uh, Cub Scouts, you know, Cub Scout packs are in areas of the country that are you know it's cold in the winter time. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, so you do indoor stuff, or then later on we did like Klondike Derby stuff, which was like snowshoeing and 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 like how to build a snow like uh like a snow cave or mm-hmm. and an igloo and like the whole you know you pile of snow as uh you pile up the snow as high as the top of your head, and then you buy you you find sticks and you break them off at the same length. And you poke them through, and at the exact same like, well, you don't break them off the length. You mark a length. Doesn't you don't even have to use a yardstick or ruler. Sure. And it's it should be about should be about eighteen inches okay. for structure. And then you poke it through the top right, of the, the top of the, wall. the, the to, just all around. Okay, right like this this half this hemisphere of snow that you've you piled up, and then you dig down one side and then up on the inside and then start scooping out until you see sticks and then you leave it alone at the sticks. Mm-hmm. So what you do is you've created a uh, a heated space for your mm-hmm. body heat. So you can, I've made those and stayed in a more, the temperature was 45 degrees when it was 20 outside. That's reasonable. Because mm-hmm. of your, because of body heat. Mm-hmm. And, it, and then you get ice crystals that form or the ice, you know, it melts a little bit and forms ice, which basically seals it off. Well, it snows an insulator. There's a bunch of air in there. Exactly. So that's exactly it's cold. Yes. But it's air. It's so it's 20 degrees, say 15, 20 degrees Fahrenheit outside at night. Right. But you can, with two people's body heat in there, it will warm up to 45 to 50 degrees. Uh, so then you don't even need and throwing a scout master and you're good. To get <laughs> there it is. I was waiting for that. Thank you for coming in clutch uh, on that one. It's but just uh, stupid and too easy. And it is. And I, and I can tell you there was one time I went camping. Uh, we used to go to this one Klondike Derby once I got to Boy Scouts and it was kind of expensive. It was probably 150, 200 bucks, which, you know, in 1993 or 94 was kind of a lot of money for my folks sure. to shell out. Uh, we would go up to Owen Sound, Ontario, Canada. And cross at Detroit and go up there. And uh, one year, 
my tent mate, he brought one of those little propane heaters with a little parabolic dish on it Mm -hmm. and put it in our tent. Forgot to turn it off one morning. We went out, started a fire, do this, da 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 You know, getting up, eating, go to the chow hall, come back to a melted pile of nylon. Uh, This is like a melted pile of Eureka tent just sitting there. And the scoutmaster was pissed. It was a teachable and moment. Very much a teachable moment. And that's when I learned to choose the proper, uh, choose a choose a better tent mate. Mm-hmm. And also how to build one of those snow shelters. <laughs> but it turned out, like, I actually got too hot because I had a zero degree bag. Like, I had a mummy bag, mm-hmm. you know. And it actually got too warm in there to where I had to, like, I rolled up my sleeves in the middle of the night and took my, like, wool hat off. Okay. And slept with, like, my, my arms out of the tent because it was, like, 50 degrees in there. As, as radiators. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. God damn it. But anyway. Hey, do you want to take a break? Yeah, and that's we'll come all. Back and thank just, you for telling me. I never yeah, really. Yeah. Th- this is a world that I'm not that familiar with, and now I'm a lot more familiar with the structure of the <laughs> Cub Scout, Boy Scout God. thing. Not that I, I'm not going to do anything with that information, but it's, I have. It's good to know. I mean, all those kids that you made fun of in junior high and high school. I never when, made fun when, of them. Uh-huh, yeah, you did. No, I didn't. Yeah, you made fun of me like nine times just now Well, that's, that conversation. That's because we're all through all that right now. But I, know. And now, I, anyway. I would I would like to. I think these are good skills. I think things like this should be. Uh, in general, taught more just in school in general. I would agree. You know, just some kind of touch on all that stuff a little bit, a little bit. Yeah. You know, just basic sort of life skills, maybe not to the point of that much yeah. club clubbery and in, 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 in regiment, maybe, but just there are, there are things in there that you really should know. Yeah. Everybody should know. Of course. And that's it. Okay, yeah. All right, let's take a break. We'll be right back. Starry, starry night. Paint your palette blue and gray Look out on a summer's day With eyes that know the darkness in my soul Shadows on the hills Sketch the trees and the daffodils Catch the breeze and the winter chills In colors on the snowy linen land What you tried to say to me And how you suffered for your sanity And how you tried to set them free They would not listen, they did not know how Perhaps they'll listen now Starry, starry night Flaming flowers that brightly blaze Swirling clouds in violet haze Reflect in Vincent's eyes of china blue Colors changing hue Morning fields of amber grain Weathered faces lined in pain Are soothed beneath the artist's loving hand now I understand what you tried to say to me and how you suffered for your sanity and how you tried to set them free they would not listen they did not know how perhaps they'll listen 
For they could not love you But still your love was true And when no hope was left inside On that starry, starry night You took your life as lovers often do But I could have told you, Vincent This world was never meant for one as beautiful as you Starry, starry night Portraits hung in empty halls Frameless heads on nameless walls With eyes that watch the world and can't forget Like the strangers that you've met The ragged men in ragged clothes The silver thorn, a bloody rose Lie crushed and broken on the virgin snow Now I think I know What you tried to say to me And how you suffered for your sanity And how you tried to set them free They would not listen, they're not listening still Perhaps they never That's we my were, father's name. Grandfather's name, excuse me. Grandfather's name was Art. Art. Arthur. Arthur. Very strong name. Art. Art. What's what we're talking about? We're talking about Art, because... You may need some Art. I you may need to, some Art. I want to get some Art. Yes. And you have lots of Art. I, I do. I have, and, I have and too much Art. People think that Art is expensive, and it's really kind of not. Sometimes it's not, especially, yes, it, local. It, there are some really nice things that people do for not very much money, and it looks really cool. So, uh, and me, I may end up just doing some of my own, which is something I've always wanted to do. That too. I'm I, not talking about painting, like, uh, roses and shit like that. There's, I, I've tried drawing. I've tried painting over the years. I've tried watercolors. I've tried all sorts of mixed media. And I'm just not fucking good at it. You're talking more just, the I'm not, splatter, what's his name, the splatter type. The No, uh, not that guy. What, the, what's, what's that guy? Rorschach. No. <laughs> Rorschach. <laughs> this painting looks like my parents fighting. God damn it. No, the, uh, that one looks like the, my uncle. The splattery, colory stuff that yes, looks... we always forget his name. What the fuck is that guy's we name? We always fucking forget his name. He was in Ex Machina. There was, yes. there was a painting of that in there. And I always think Roy Lichtenstein. That's the first one I go to, and that's not, because he did pop art. Uh, what is it? What is, that what is it? Just look up the artist or art wall painting Splatter. in Ekmach Machina. Great artist. movie. I need to watch that movie again soon. Jackson Pollock. Thank you, Pollock. Fucking every single time. Every single time. <sighs> it's and a my, fish. It's it, a fish. You th- a Pollock. Yes. yes. You, you think that I remember because my father used to tell me, he's like, if you don't clean the toilet, I'm going to sell it as an artifact because it looks like a Jackson Pollock painting. <laughs> when I was like 16. Right. And just not being you a disgusting human being. And he, my dad would go in the bathroom. Really, looks like fucking Jackson Pollock walked into a goddamn Circle K bathroom and created some art in here. <laughs> that you would just get. You'd think I would remember it. So now I'm going to try my best to remember what's his face. Oh, because it's fish. Jackson Pollock. Oh, Mr. Fish. Bass. Mr. Bass. Cod. Cod. Is that Pardon a cod? me, Mr. Cod. Is that a cod? No, it's a Pollock. Okay. Oh, thank it's you. a Pollock, actually. <laughs> thank you. And it was $80,000. Is that a flounder? No, it's a Pollock. I know it's a fish. The guy's name is a fish, right? right? Pollock. It's Pollock, Jackson, okay. Jackson Pollock. <laughs> we will not forget that. 
Uh, no, I like the. It's not splatter art, but it is close. It's a little more precise than that. Um, That's a beautiful mixing. Van Gogh. There, check that one out. I like that one. Uh, this guy like sailboats and like a harbor and whatnot. Yeah. That's the great thing about Van Goghs is like they're, uh, they're they look sloppy up close. Yes, uh, they and do. then once the further back you get, it's like, it's like it's like chunks of paint. This boom, boom, boom. That's kind of the uh, impressionistic sort of. Uh, which is why that's why I never got the joke in Clueless where they called her a Monet. Like that girl's such a Monet, and oh. like what's a Mo- what's a Monet? And like you know, really good from far away, but up close, it's a whole mess. Like I was like, oh shit, that's not that's more like a Van Gogh, because Van Gogh looks sloppy. He does up close, and then you get back, and it's like the Van Gogh's probably the most um, parodied, uh, or in in uh, parodied as in made made fun of. Yeah, like I saw one uh, friend of mine was wearing a shirt. She was wearing it the other night. Uh, I was, I was like, look, where did I look at the T-shirt? And I was like, you stole that from somebody. You are you a, a 26 year old female doesn't wear a shirt like that. And she's like, no, I definitely stole it from ex boyfriend. And what it was, it was Starry Night, okay. but it was it was everything had to do with Dungeons and Dragons. It was like game okay. dice and and like, like all this that. stuff. That's cool. And it was really cool. And I've seen that done in hundreds of different ways. Mm-hmm. Of of type of like just taking original artwork, you know, a Starry Night, and which is like his probably his most famous work. Sure, not even probably that or I've Sunflowers, been, the Sunflower got, series. Yeah, two or three of the, the, the like um, Street Cafe, like that one over there. Yes, that's yeah, the top five. Yeah, um, but there's so much more lower level. I shouldn't say lower level. They're just not as expensive art out there. That's that's and we have you know the art we have hub some good downtown local stuff. Yeah, the yeah. art hub, and there's some other local artists that don't get out that they do stuff and they're pretty damn they, good. They do amazing stuff, and I would be I would love to have uh you know a painting of theirs hanging in my house. I actually have half ass commissioned one by a local tattoo artist. Uh, and I came up with the idea several years ago and messaged her because she was like, hey, I'm taking painting commissions because I'm lacking in, like, creativity. And I, I'll, I'll do whatever. I'll do anything on – it was, like, 16 by 16 canvas or something like that. And mm-hmm. I messaged her and said, what about a painting of Mount Rushmore, but instead of presidents, it's famous dogs? Mm-hmm. And we'll call it Mount Wolfmore. Mm-hmm. And she's like, that is such a fucking great idea. Like, she was so excited. And, and then it what just, happened? Uh, and uh, I it was. Um, I just want to know because that's a good idea. Family issues, okay. You know, family unit split up and things okay, like that. And I then gotcha. you, I forgot about it. And then I saw her a couple weeks ago, and I was like, "Hey, do you remember that idea?" She's like, "Holy shit, I forgot about that. I should do that. Are you still down?" I'm like, "Absolutely." But can you make it bigger? Because I would definitely have it framed and hang it up in like in my house. Mm-hmm. And she's like, "Well, what dogs would we put on there?" And I'm like, "Well, first and foremost." One of them has to be the Basset Beagle Basset Hound mix that I had when I was a kid, Ginger. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So she would be on there, and then the other three would have to be like Lassie, maybe Benji, and like I don't know, Bryn Tin Tin. Just something, just something like would be because it, it, it would be funny mm-hmm. and referential, and people would go, "What the fuck?" Because I love the I I, I always liked uh, I saw a painting of you know the dogs playing poker painting, mm-hmm. which is cheese ball we know, but it's sure. a classic. You know, sure, yeah. uh, I saw a version of that that someone had painted where it's a bunch of uh it's a it's a bunch of people's dogs mm-hmm. like this guy had had dogs over the years and he had pictures of them and gave them to an artist and said I want these dogs playing poker but I want the painting in the background of the original dogs playing poker so it's like and it was this thing was huge it was probably f- 48 inches by probably 36 inches. I mean, it was a good size painting mm-hmm. and it was really cool. Cause the, the paint, the, the original painting is referenced in that non-original painting. Mm-hmm. You, you know, you get what yes. I'm saying? And yeah. it's just, I just always thought that was one of the coolest things ever. So, so I had, um, I guess my, my father was a pretty decent photographer. He, he did it just for a hobby. And, and 
was kind of kind of artsy, I guess a little bit. And that's what, so I started doing photography when I was in junior high school, and then high school I actually was in a photography class and all that thing. That's when I started messing around with that kind of thing, and then got a little bit older. Uh, uh, um, some of this we already talked about, but there was a woman I dated when I was about thirty, and she was really into some arts. She lived in the north side of downtown Atlanta, and um, uh, would go to art galleries, openings, and that kind of stuff. And so I started going, you know, I was really kind of become attracted to those kind of things. And these were things that she was, had some artsy fartsy friends that did some sculptures and that kind of thing. And so I really, I really started getting into it at that point. It was kind of, it wasn't her influence, but definitely hanging around her helped me keep on going with that stuff. So like I said, I was around 30 and I wasn't, I wasn't making a lot of money, but I make a little bit of money. You know, I had a little bit of money left over. So I started going to some of these places and picking up pieces of art. Now, she was making a lot more money than I was at that time. Um, so she was buying expensive shit, you know, like, oh, I'm not going to, you know, $1,000 stuff, $500 or more, you know, not all over the place. But she, if she really liked something, she freaking just bought it. Right. You know, and um, so I wasn't there yet at that point. But then I would start going some, to local art, arts and, not arts and crafts, some art um, festivals that were in the Marietta area and learned and I was told this by, I think, Bill, my friend back in Atlanta, said, if you want to get some pretty good pieces here, just see what you like. Some of it may be gone, but, you know, as they're packing up on Sunday evening, but they're still willing to sell you something, they may make a deal. And they're they're okay with that. Yeah, they really are. They're not, yes, you are taking advantage of it, but they just soon see it go, you know. So right. that's when I got those three pieces from that one woman up there. I can't remember her name now. But I really liked her stuff. All bought them all three at once, already framed, signed you know, originals, and uh, that meant a lot to me to start. So that was that's where I got hooked. We talked about getting tattoos and that kind of stuff, which I don't have any of them, but that's when I started going to these places and thought, and if I had, and th- th- this is the, the wrong motivation, but I would go to a, uh, a, a arts outdoor festival thing, and I had a little bit of money on me where I said, okay, I've got $500, <laughs> you know. I said, I really want to pick up a piece of art from this place. You know, from because I see some nice stuff, and some of it was really expensive. But I would, I think that bought that reads at dawn at one of those places. Now that wasn't really cheap. That was, that's, that's is, is that a photograph or is yes, that a it's painting? A, it's, a it's, a, it's a photograph. Okay, which is really fucking nice. Oh yeah, I like that one. It's beautiful. So I bought uh, that at one of those places at the end, and it wasn't five hundred bucks. It was a few hundred dollars, but nicely, a really nice mat, really nice frame. If you look at the detail of that beading on the on the frame, it's an expensive it, piece. But yeah. Anyway. So that's one of the things. That's why I started getting picky. We started talking about this and by this and dating. I thought, okay, <laughs> so I, I'm going to. Your bar is so much higher than mine. Yeah, uh, but it's kept me from dating people. So that's <laughs> <laughs> that's why. I'm, <laughs> I'm not even lying. I can't even lie when I, t- I tell you I have. Th- there has been women in my past, and this is so judgmental. And I'm going to catch so much heat. Or maybe not, but that's my own personal preference, is that if you have some shit up on your walls like live, laugh, love, I'm not fucking coming back to your house. That's the same kind of thing. I'm just not going to. Yeah. Because it just screams boring. And I hate that about my brain. It was kind of okay for the first, when it just came out, it was kind of, oh, that's interesting to me, but after that, it didn't last very long in my head, and then just got way over fucking It became like the chilies of home decor. Yeah, it did. Really Really rapidly. Yeah, Yeah. and, and it's just like... You know what? I like to live, laugh, and love as much as the next person. Right. Really, it's kind of similar to some of those business 
places, and I think a lot of stuff has gone away, but will they have a big photograph of a guy climbing a mountain and has all these optimistic things? Oh, the say. motivational Oh, posters? my God. Those are dead now, I've too. told you about this before. Right? I had one of those, the demotivational posters I bought, <laughs> I bought, shit, 15, 16 years ago when I worked at Frontier and I had a cubicle and I put a poster up. Nice frame. And it, uh, pe- many people walked past that and were just like, oh, that's a nice poster. They didn't read it. Okay. And it was just like, and this poster had a bunch of people's hands all in the center, like, go mm-hmm. team, like that kind of thing. Sure. And it says, meetings. None of us is as dumb as all of us. <laughs> My boss that's at the correct. time, a cool guy named Steve, which I would mm-hmm. love to reconnect with that guy because he taught me so much about management and managing and talking to people and, and how to motivate your people. Because we were a small team of like eight or 10 people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but he, he, Steve was like, you know, people in HR don't like your poster. And I'm like, okay. They're the ones that schedule the fucking meetings. They, of course they don't like it. Right. And he's like, yeah, they asked me to talk to you about it. So this is me talking to you about how much I love your poster. Have a good one, man. And then just, wa- like, just walked away. Wow. That's a great, that is a great manager because he knew it was inconsequential. So I think. And even, I liked it and other people liked it. Right. So I think even Deming, I was watching one of his things recently. I think he even brought that up too. He didn't say about, take all those down. He said that. People don't really. This is not what. This is not real leadership. They don't. You, you are substituting your thornless goddamn poster up. You didn't say goddamn. This poster up there, substituting it, thinking that's gonna that's gonna take care of the leadership. Oh yeah, part that's of it. it. That's it's, it. It's about as uh, effective as a pizza party at a hospital. Right. Shout out to my healthcare peeps. <laughs> so I got to hang out with some the other night, and uh, goddamn, I'm glad I don't work there anymore. Even more so, I might wake up every day with a few thoughts, and one of them is like, my God, I don't have to go to. The hospital tonight. It takes so, a while once you're out of a situation to look back and go, wow, I actually did that for that long. And what j- in the hell? And just in like the four and a half months that I've been gone, mm-hmm. it's gotten so much worse. Wow. And even like the COVID numbers are virtually non-existent. Like they've dropped off. Yeah, I haven't even looked at those They're cr- around here. Uh, KRMC's not even doing the YouTube updates anymore after last week. They're like, this is going to be our last update for a while because there's just nothing to really Is it because the numbers truly are down and they're just not going to do no, it the dr- the numbers are just down. Okay, they're good. like They've plummeted. Okay. I think they had like six patients in the hospital. Right. Which is the last time that happened was two years ago. So, um, yeah, so... Uh, but anyway, uh, okay, yeah, that, so. that motivational shit just doesn't work. A poster on the wall doesn't do jack shit. Actions, right, right. proper leadership. In fact, it's probably one of the things that, that, that employees kind of loathe and they walk in and they walk by these hallway of posters and they're probably going, oh, God. They ro- yeah, the people that are actually down on the shit. Yeah. The people that wear the, as, uh, the, the comfortable shoe crowd mm-hmm. as opposed to the suits and stilettos crowd, which is mm-hmm. what I used to call them. We walked past those and we're just like, oh, fuck you. You know, eat a dick. What the, like, they, I, well, I, I they understand see, what they're trying to do, but it's like too little, too fucking late. What they want to see is one of their bosses or even a, you know two notches up come down there on the floor and do what they're doing to help a help that's, physically help out. That's why I will straight that's up call leadership. her out first and last name, Jennifer Binker, one of the best supervisors I've ever had in my entire life. Mm-hmm. That woman would work night shift. She, she would work all night long. She would leave early, like 2 or 3 o'clock in the afternoon, go mm-hmm. home, take a nap caffeinate come back work 7 p.m to 7 a.m as a, as a floor nurse not as the boss mm-hmm. as a floor nurse and take five six seven patients mm-hmm. work all night go to her morning meetings and go home at 11 o'clock in the, the next morning and her. she did that multiple times mm-hmm. it was and she didn't it, it wasn't even just because of covid she did that shit beforehand not as often mm-hmm. but when in a short staffing situation they couldn't find anybody else she'd show up yeah. and i just I, that i never had 12 years at that hospital, I never once had a supervisor that would ever have done that except for her, mm-hmm. which is incredible. And, and, and that 
is fucking leadership. That that is that is true leadership. So so we got off on the leadership. Sorry, always important. To Let's talk go about. get away from the leadership it, it, shit. It, oh, oh shit! Oh oh, you got a cramp? You yes. want a banana? Yeah. You want a banana? And a rubbing. <laughs> Do you want to here rub a banana on it? <laughs> Remember when you and Mike told me that years ago? Yes, I yeah, did. why don't you rub a we, banana? We on happen it? to have some bananas there. Oh, do yes, we have we no bananas. We had some bananas. We had some bananas. Yeah. Oh my god, I I got it in time though. God, if you, if you can't get if your you, if you can't catch it in time, oh, then you're oh, it's fucked. So bad, you are fucked. That's when I know that I really need to get up and consume a lot of water. All right. All right. So. Uh, we got art. off on that from from the art thing. So motivational so, posters. So I started. That was one of the things I said. You know what? If I'm gonna think about art like this and go to places, and that's when I started volunteering for the High Museum of Art. I told you that kind of shit. Right. I said if I'm gonna think about that, I would like to date someone who also appreciated art. At least, of course. Yeah. Fine. So I told you briefly. I started dating this woman who was attractive. Took her flying uh, a couple different times, but every time we went on two or three dates. But she always had to get back to her apartment and feed her dogs or her cat or whatever the fuck it was. Like, we couldn't really have this extended date. Right. But she was telling the truth. I'm thinking, can't you just arrange? You know, we're going out and doing all this stuff. We're spending time and, you know, whatever. I'm in my mind. And I never really brought it up. But what did us in, because it was my decision, wasn't she said, hey, you know, can you pick me up at my house at a certain time or whatever? And she hadn't invited me into her apartment yet, but she did this time. So I walk in there, and she's got numerous shelves and and cubby holes and shit full of Hummels, the Hummel figurines, folks. Right. For she's about for thirty you, years old. For you young folks out there, yeah. Does anybody know what? Who are younger than you know what Hummels are? I barely know. Like, I, if you showed me one, I might know what it is, but I know I don't want to see one because I might have it. Might trigger you. Uh, yeah, you just I'll just some, go off. <laughs> I'll just start shooting people. They're tacky. Yeah. Uh, my grandmother. Bless her. She was born about 1932 or so, something like that. Even she didn't like Hummel figurines. She always said that they were tacky. She didn't like tacky things. Right. So my, if my grandmother called it tacky, they're you know they're fucking tacky. Yeah. And she's are. of that generation. So. And, and so they, that was like okay, fine. You, we can't go on a date because your animals need to be taken care of all the time. And now you're collecting. I'm thinking to myself, it's not going to get any better. And then my father told me, and I remember we were talking about this. He goes, he goes, in, he goes. This is a generalization. He goes, but the house, see, people are going to go, this is not true, Paul. They're going to get just mad at me because this is old school thinking, but maybe it's still kind of true. It was, in that context, in, say, 25 years ago, it makes perfect fucking sense. And I think, so women normally, let, let's say the classical, you know, male-female relationship, whatever you want to call it, whatever it is, if you have real jobs and you buy a real house, in general, the woman has more influence on... The decor in the house, what the fucking bed sheets and all the kind of shits, the linens are going to be, all this kind of stuff, how the bathroom's going to be built out or decorated it, or whatever. If you go with the, cla- the, the classic generalization, the, the woman has is kind of in charge over inside the house. Right. And then like landscaping, yard, grill, back patio, that kind of shit is kind of the dude. Sure. It should be 50-50. And the decisions never are really 50. Is. It never It not always is because right. it also depends on what you play to. So keeping that in mind, it's always in the back of my head. I'm thinking, like, I'm dating this woman. We're starting. I'm taking her flying. We're doing this. And now we, I see a bunch of, oh, and, and a couple of store-bought, like I said, stuff that you would buy at a Target, probably not a Walmart, but a Target at least, like a, like a print of a thing pre-framed with a cheap frame and probably 20 bucks at a Target, some copy of a famous or print of a famous painting. That and Hummels. And I, I just couldn't. It made, this is how shitty of a person I am. It just kind of made my skin crawl. I'm like, I can't do this. <laughs> I can't. You don't have any actual art up here. 
You don't, you don't have there's fucking Hummels and and reproductions of a ten dollar fucking print on your wall. Really? Anyway, I didn't, didn't really say that to her, but I'm just a dick that way, I suppose. But but uh, I think in fact I think she was talking about her Hummels. Oh, I know that you collect art. I've seen your stuff at your whatever. Oh, I I do. I collect stuff too or whatever. And then there's Hummels. Something and you you putting your Hummels on the same level as all this stuff where I met these artists, went to these galleries, and picked this shit out. Okay, all right, but here's the thing. Let's be I'm, devil's advocate right, here. I know I'm being a dick. No, you're not being a dick. Okay. Um, the purpose of art is to make you feel something. Oh, I felt something. Exactly. <laughs> so it is art to her. Yes, it is. It's just a different perspective. I know. And that's fine. However, right. that perspective doesn't align with your ideals. Right. And then you kicked her to the curb. Now, the, is, now the crazy woman. But it wasn't just the, it wasn't, obviously it wasn't it just was other stuff. The, uh, yeah. That, that, yeah, exactly. So the crazy woman, Laurel, that we all looked up the other week back at, over oh, at Julia's yes. house. yeah. And she's still around. That's with the big hair, Laurel. Um, she was the one that got me interested in, or she introduced me to some stuff. When I was rather young to down, downtown, that that's the one. Oh, who, she introduced you to stuff downtown. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when you were younger, so was she an older lady that but, taught you the no. wiles of an older <laughs> woman downtown? She had a an appreciation of of actual real art, and it was her fault. She started started making me spend more money. She wasn't but downtown. She, downtown. You had yeah. to pay to go downtown, huh? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yep. I got paid to go downtown. Oh, you got paid in Ooh. art to go downtown. Ooh. Uh, that's similar to Starry Night, but that's not Starry Night. Yeah, it is. I don't think that is. Are you sure? Let I don't think. think. I think it's. Yep. I think it's one of his the series. I think that's definitely Starry Night. It's just cropped. It oh, it's heavily cropped. Yeah, because you can't see the town. Oh, oh, it's down below. Down. Speaking of downtown. See, speaking of downtown and down below in the town, <laughs> in that starry, starry night. I think you're right. That's a very small sector section of Starry Night. Oh, I just was he on mushrooms? Look at all that. You think? Uh, no. He was drinking lots of absinthe though. Oh, okay. This we're talking about Van Gogh. Van, Gogh. It's Gogh. It's just Gogh with an F. Oh, it's Van Gogh. Van Gogh. Um. So, that gave me an appreciation for. So, I love going to someone's house and seeing a piece of art. Uh, that uh, that I'd like to walk up to and go. This is really fucking cool. What is this? This uh, whatever, whatever it is. And I have a different collection of different shit here. And obviously, in that that bunch of those beer. Uh, the coasters, coasters is not really art, but my pa- my parents th- did that for me. I think th- that's art because it shows you traveled, right? And it's not like bottles up on the shelf, right? And I didn't do you know? my my parents did that for me, yeah. My because I I traveled in Germany and stayed over there, and these were from that region, all yeah, of the course. beers in that area, and they created that. That's kind of a cool Which, thing. I, I think that is. I think that counts as art. Right. It's not something I would put up in my gallery if I had if I was a rich guy and had like a whole like a room that was nothing right. but art. It would go up in like. The den, like where you would have sure. like a couple comfortable chairs and smoke cigars right. and, and things like, like it's that. People are sitting down, it's smoking their cigar, looking around, going, hey, "That's that's what I know." You have stuff that means what? The, what the hell is that? And I could tell it has a little. St- Every one of these things has a little bit of a story. Absolutely, yeah. That's what. It, that's the cool part about um, to me. That's to me is about knowing that person who did that and that one that did that, and it's a story behind that, and that one there, and this one there, and that fucking there. You know, all all this stuff I can look at, and 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 so that's the kind of the fun part about it. So it's. So that's what you you're going you said you're going to be looking for some art pretty soon yeah. some additional art. Well, so. I have a few I have some fancy posters that I've I've never had an opportunity to put up and like two of them are the giant um like uh like artsy musical posters if that makes sense. Sure. 
Like I have one that it doesn't even say the cure on it, but if you know Robert Smith, then you know. Mm-hmm. And it's Robert Smith with his guitar slung kind of off his back, and it's his back is faced toward he's got that big bushy hair from the eighties. Mm-hmm. It's black and white, and it is three by five. It's a Feet? It's, yes. It's okay. a it's a big poster. It's the size of a flag. Right. And I I don't I need a frame for that, and I I definitely will hang that up in my music room. But uh, sure. I it's just one of those things where I have a couple pieces that I've never framed and hung up. They're still in in the tube and all that. And right. you know, but uh, otherwise, uh, oh, I actually have two pieces that uh, Jeremy's daughter Fiona painted and gave to me. There you which go. Which one of them? Uh, I I was so blown away when she gave it to me. I was like. This painting is this person. This is a familiar painting, and she kind of started smiling. Like I recognized what it was. I'm like, is this f- the Afghan girl from the cover of a National Geographic? And oh, she's okay. Like, yeah, do you know which yeah, one I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, Those deep blue yes. eyes and all that. Yep. And she just kind of looked defeated because you know it was the Afghan. It was the issue had something to do with the Afghan, uh, Soviet Afghan war. Right. And she's wearing like a red hooded. Right. You know, it's not. A, I don't know if that's a hijab. I don't remember the proper term. Did you see the story where they found that that woman? Yes, and, and she's I, not attractive. She's in not her age. It's not that she's not attractive, man. She's lived through fucking. She's a woman in a Muslim-run country. But she should just keep herself together. I'm kidding. <laughs> Whoa. Why can't she wear sunscreen and get a mani pedi <laughs> like I do every week? <laughs> you dick. Um, no, and I have I have both of those issues of now. I, I used to have literally dozens of of. Uh, Issues of National Geographic. Oh, I remember those were one and one full to page through. And it was oh, and I I had I remember my mom going to a garage sale one time and she got probably a hundred issues and just brought them home in like three boxes, mm-hmm. and it was great. And they were going back to the fifties. It was such neat shit. I loved that stuff. And I had a subscription for until probably I was like twenty. 21, 22, mm-hmm. but the only issues I have left are the original one when that the Afghan woman was on the cover, mm-hmm. and then that was in 88, I think it was, and then the then again in 2000. I thought like it was before 12, that. I, I, I get maybe, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm not 100% positive. I feel like it was 88. Okay. I'm going to come to find out those things, if they're in good shape, they're, those issues, are, they're worth a lot of money. Like more than like $20? Uh yeah, like the Afghan, like having both of those Afghan, those two, back to back, like the original one from the '80s and Mm -hmm. then the one from like maybe ten years ago. Mm -hmm. Those two together will go for over a thousand bucks. Okay, cool. Yeah, like to the right person, if they're in good shape. But anyway, Joe's uh, looking up the uh, uh, yeah the Afghan uh, the original one, um, famous Afghan Afghan girl is what it's called. Okay, National Geographic Afghan girl that'll come right right the fuck up. June of eighty five. Eighty five. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, um, yeah. So yeah, she paints it. Gave me these two small paintings you know, that, and I'm like, thank you so much. This is so cool. And then I recognize the one. I'm like, well, those are gonna get hung up. And I don't even think I need to frame them. I don't need to. Well, some you may or may not want to. Like that one, I'm not framing that. Obviously, uh, Mr. Elon Musk. Yeah, smoking a joint. Smoking it was a blunt. Actually, it was I a blunt. So. Excuse I'm, me. Yeah. It was actually a spliff. And he did because it, it had <laughs> tobacco in it. Well, that's what I'm saying. I thought blunts do have tobacco. No, in them. not always. They're made from tobacco leaves, but okay. then you can oh, put, you can gotcha. you mixture of like in. you mixture of like fifty fifty tobacco and uh, right. or whatever ratio you want tobacco and weed and roll it up into a joint. That's called a spliff. And if you look at it during this video segment, he really didn't inhale. He really didn't. It just it was like a cigar to him. He, he yeah, really, right. He but knowing yeah. Joe Rogan, it didn't matter if he inhaled or not. And he just fucking he got he got a little stoned. Right. Um. So I was going to tell you too. I, I, you haven't seen other stacks of art that I have here that's framed and not framed. I, I don't have enough. 
room in here to hang up all the shit I had. That's crazy. Same for the house You're that I collector. that I had. I used to, uh, and then I just quit doing it. I'm like, I have too much stuff because I, I had a lot of parties at that house in in Atlanta, that big hot tub house, mm-hmm. and so I would at, every couple months I'd have a party. I would. I'm not kidding. There's like an art gallery. I would rotate my art because I had a room in a closet full of art. So I would take some of the stuff down, hang some new stuff up, and position it just right. People go, "Oh, this whole wall is different." And I said, "Yeah, I'm rotating my art now." Folks, for those of you with kids and a spouse, this is the you kind of shit that you. This is the kind of shit that you missed out on. <laughs> the one percenter. With all so that now, spare time to rearrange his art and cycle it out like an art gallery. So now I go to, and I'm going to sound like another dick here, but not I'm not being a dick. Keep telling yourself that, Paul. Keep telling yourself, Paul. Yeah, yeah, keep telling yourself you're not a dick. If I go into houses now from people, even the people that I know sometimes, it drives me crazy if there's nothing really on the walls. Like nothing. Right. If it's just a whatever color it is. Maybe they, maybe it's if they're, if they're interesting looking colored walls, that that's okay. But if they're like basically white or beige walls, and there's really nothing on there at all. It's like, don't you have something you'd like to put up? Something? I, that's why I think Some people just don't, they don't know. I mean, like, my mom doesn't have, like, a bunch of art or anything up on the walls. Yeah. Uh, most of it is photography and, uh, like, cool photography. No, photography's like her, okay. Like, no, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, but a lot of it is just achievements of her kids and her grandkids. There now. are three framed and black frames over there that were from the coast of Oregon. You've seen those pictures yeah. over there. And I took those. You know, those are photographs that I took. That's yes. obviously a photograph. Goonies never say die. Cannon Beach. Yes, Cannon Beach is very, which is now is it's kind of it's kind of a cliche or whatever. It, it has like, been for a hundred years, right? So there, there's a yeah. picture of Cannon Beach, but I have some other cool ones up there too that were from the same uh, trip I went with uh, George. But anyway, so but now I'm talking about it now. I'm like, I need to get some new artwork. I'm like, do you really, Paul? No, really? you just hang up the stuff that you have. <sighs> yeah, I got to go through it and figure it all out, um, or, or decide what else I want to put up. But I did bid on that one piece that uh, Willow did. Uh-huh. If you saw that, it's for raising the yeah. for the Ukrainian stuff. I like that piece that she did. I don't know if that's inspired from something else. Did you see that one that she painted that it was on, that was for an auction? I didn't I think, see the painting. I heard about I just I haven't looked it up. I, I will go on her. Uh, I'll show it to you when we're done with it. Or maybe you can look at it. it, it, it it's a little girl towing a or holding on to a, like a red wagon, and the wheels are really bendy and falling under the and in the wagon is a is a is a earth it's about this big like it's crushing under the weight of the earth yeah and it, and it's it, the background colors are blue and in yellow for the ukrainian flag and it's like and it like she had like it's the weight of the the heavy earth emotionally and it's this, this girl is having to to carry it and it, it was like whoa i saw that and i went so i i People are donating ten and twenty bucks to win it, so I threw in a hundred dollars because I kind of want it. Yeah, no, this is cool. Yeah, so I, I bid. I didn't bid. I I donated money, and and so they're going to make a drawing at April first or the end of March, I guess. Uh, I don't know. It doesn't say on. To say how much how much money there is there raised so far. People should go. She's to that. at two hundred and ten dollars. Okay. of I'm a hundred dollars of that. Cool. <laughs> because I want to. I kind of want it. And I think what I'm going to do is, if I don't win it, I think I'm going to go to her and say, can you do something kind of like this, and I'll just buy it from you if you want to give the money away. You can't, because I would like a piece of art from her, because she's pretty prolific. I'm actually going to share it on our... Um, cartoon, the, cartoon the, Casual? Yeah. Like now, or wait until this comes out? Uh, no, I'm going to do it. I'll do it tomorrow. Do it by yourself? You're going to do it yourself? <laughs> do you like to do it yourself? I don't know. It depends on if the mood strikes. Oh, my God. 
Are we done? <laughs> Don't wait. One more laughable thing in that movie. Don't you remember when they were out? The, the the two dudes were out arguing about something out behind the store, and then that that guy from either uh, Pakistan or he's he was he was arrested. Remember for like violence or he killed somebody oh the actual actor yes, yeah he's actor. like you fuck a goat like that guy that fucking guy no that wasn't or was it the tall guy it was the tall guy the tall guy that guy, guy got Pakistani. in trouble legally he fucking murdered his girlfriend or wife or something <laughs> right. like that all right so so the two dudes are out arguing about about you whatever the the moon two main characters from the movie 40 year old virgin right they're out back yes and he's out there across the back and he goes hey Will and Grace, get back to work. We call some Will and Grace. Will and Grace, get, get back, back to, to work. work. Yes. <laughs> Don't you remember that fucking saying? Oh, my God. Yes, please share that. I'm going to. Uh, isn't that cool, though? It's blue and yellow, and this little girl has, she's holding a flower like a, like a daisy. Isn't she holding a daisy or a sunflower? Uh, a sunflower. Yeah, it's a sunflower. Holding, and it's kind of wilted slightly, and she has the weight, you know, the weight of the world she's carrying around. I thought that was I, fucking awesome. I will absolutely get that shared. Right. So again, if I don't, if I don't win, she needs to promote that more. She's only gotten two hundred ten. I mean, that's a nice piece. How come more people? She needs to really push that more. I. But she's donating the money to this one um, foundation or this one. I looked it up. It's Save the Children or something like that. Right, save something like the Children the, Nonprofit is what it's right. called. Right. So I looked that up, and they have been around for a long time, and they have money going towards this cause now to try to. To try to help uh, children that are in in harm's way of different things, which is, I mean, I feel like that's a cause that anyone can get behind, right? I mean, honestly. So look up Willow. How do you have to let her last name? Crunky. Crunky. K R O E N K E. But right. I'm also going to. So she's got this painting that she did, and she's she's donating it. If people are bidding on it, and she, the money's going to go to the save the children thing or whatever it is. So put that link. I will definitely take care of that, folks, and look out for that. Yeah, uh, or reach out done. to Willow Crunky. It's K R O E N K E on Facebook, right? Uh, and she also does nudge pudge, fa- uh, nudge pudge uh, painting, and a locally. lot of uh, murals around. She town. does incredible work as a muralist and right. paints windows and things like that. And and she does, uh, she's just a genuinely good human being. If you do murals a lot, are you are, are you into muralism? Me? No, no, no. One, if it one's in, is it muralism? Maybe <laughs> muralism. Are you a muralist? You're a muralist. If you're a muralism, yeah, but you're like a impressionism. I think you're a muralist if you paint murals. Right. If you if you like murals, if you don't like mu- murals because just because they're murals, you're right. a murist. <laughs> you're a murist. <laughs> if you, but if you're into, we it, can never be too serious it's on this podcast. Muralism. Yeah. If you're into his muralism, you're a muralist. <laughs> muralist. You're ridiculous. All right, I think I think we're done. I think we're done. Thank God. All right, thank God. Thank some. Th- who were we thanking this week? Thank, uh, thank, uh, Saint Patrick. No, we're done with that. We'll thank the beer gods and check out Sower Door this weekend. Friday, please, please go, go check Sound out Sound Hole. Those guys are it, it, are fun. They are fun. And Jeremy owns half the place or part ten percent of it. So, to the, so you have to clap, right? You, <laughs> Otherwise, your drink goes clap. Go it's like going in front of Putin <laughs> and trying to explain that we shouldn't go attack Ukraine. Okay. You have to be for it. So oh go in there, tell Crystal happy birthday on Friday. Tell her happy 26th birthday. And watch her husband uh, you know, play the guitar. Play a sound hole. And <laughs> that's it. All right, that's it. We're done. Have a good day, folks.
Mm-hmm.